This is sports. 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 With a capital F. This is sports with a capital F. This is sports. This is sports with a capital F. Generals, welcome to the Sports with a Capital F podcast. I am Graham. He is Griff. The big game is coming. Welcome to the Sports with a Capital F podcast. What's going on there, General? Oh, not much. Just getting ready for the big game. How about you? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Wait, counting down the minutes till I get to see a football game. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Do you think? What do you think the chances are that it uh, lives up to the exciting Super Bowls of recent memory? You know, because obviously last year was insane. Um, the year they played Seattle was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, this Eagles team is pretty good, too, though. I mean, it's not like we haven't been to this movie before and seen a team come out and have them on the ropes. I think all entertainment flows through Nick Foles. What's he going to do? Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely correct. Because <laughs> I don't see foresee any problems out of Philadelphia's defense, but if Nick Foles can't score. And I'm pretty sure LeGarrette Blunt's going to be trying to run through walls, you know, playing against the Patriots. I just have to imagine he'd be pretty motivated since they didn't give him the money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because he was pretty much like I scored 20 touchdowns, and they were like, yeah, because we handed you the ball and then hired someone else. They did. Yeah, they did do that. I mean, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's going to be playing with a little extra something in the tank. What were you telling me about LeGarrette Blunt before we started recording? Oh, uh, I guess Brett Favre's going to do the uh, – you know, fire the guys up speech because the either the coach or the GM, I think it's the GM, one of those two guys was the backup quarterback for Brett Favre. So I guess they're like buddies still. So Brett's going to come give the guy some pointers. Well, LeGarrette Blunt got asked in an interview what he thought about it. And he said, how many Super Bowls has he won? <laughs> and I said one. And he said, nah, I'm good. I don't need to know anything that he has to say. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's got two rings, and Brett's only got one. Well, and LeGarrette Blunt's not a quarterback. It's not like he could teach him how to throw an interception at the big moment. Right. Well, it's more about firing it up, you know. Like, Brett Favre's going to come in there and fire him up, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Brett Favre? To... He's just not that fiery a character in my mind. Yeah, and, and and it's NFL. I mean, these guys are like old older gentlemen, and it just seems odd, you know. I don't know. I'm not a... I'm not a, I never have been a football player, so I don't know. Maybe you need that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, let's never underestimate the power of a good speech, man. You know, that was Jason Hayward's contribution to the Cubs 2016 (laughs) world championship. That guy must be the most likable dude in all of baseball. There's no question about it. I can't imagine it's any other way. Cause that dude tried to make y'all lose in the playoffs and the world series by hitting in the double plays. A lot. A lot. We got a lot of at-bats with guys on base because the rest of the team all, was really good. Yeah. He didn't contribute. How many games did they win? Uh, What, last year? Oh, I should know this. 96? No, 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 no the year. The, oh, the 103. Year. Yeah. Damn. And he yeah. had nothing to do with any of that. Almost nothing. Almost <laughs> nothing to do. It's like always <laughs> if you put almost anybody else's batting average in Major League Baseball in that but, slot and you win 115 games. But when it all was said and done, and when it came down to the end of it, those guys liked him so much they made up some shitty story (laughs) 
about how he contributed to the win. I mean, that's happy what happened, right? No, we, he was in the yeah, we both. Yeah. And they were like, well, let's cheer up Jason, man. He's such a cool guy. And, like, they <laughs> all got together and, like, came up with this story that he, like, fired him up. I mean, that's how it happened in my mind. He I just, got one he, of those late hits, I mean, but uh, like, like you said. Yeah, the, he did. He did. The but I mean, geez, I feel like at that point I might have got a hit as many times as he struck <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, if you just threw like a the, bat at a baseball that many times eventually. Right. It was just like he was finally due and it was the right moment. Despite the yeah. fact that there were several times where if he'd have performed, maybe we wouldn't have gotten he to that point. Yeah. yeah. Possibly. Been there. They had an extra day rest before the World Series, and they wouldn't have been tired. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a diehard, lifelong Cubs fan, but I definitely, when they told the Jason Hayward story, was like, well, you know, I also watch baseball. I'm like, I just don't imagine <laughs> that a guy who's contributed as little as that was in the locker room like, come on, guys, we can do this. And they're like, what's all this we shit? <laughs> He's like, look, I know I suck. Yeah. Don't drop fly balls. Baseball. The first time you drop a fly ball, it's over for you. He was like, he was like, I can't even hit a baseball, and I'm here. Come on, guys. <laughs> but yeah. speaking of baseball, I saw a thing today where all 30 teams have the net now. Like I heard, uh, I, and I didn't realize it was like the crusade of this one guy who got smashed in the face by a Hideki Matsui foul. Oh, ball. you mean all 30 parks are going to have protective netting all the way down the baseline? Last two stadiums that didn't have it got in on it. Because, you know, like little kids started getting smashed in the head. So oh, they- yeah, no, that was always an interesting issue to me. It was definitely one of those things where when they would talk about putting up the protective netting, my first instinct was to be like, what are you talking about? Like, you just pay attention down there because, you know, I'm a nosebleed guy. So I'm always like, yeah, well, if you're sitting down there, you should be watching the game. <laughs> you right. know, paying guys. attention. <laughs> like, you know, those yuppies are down there with their trophy wives not paying attention to the game. And then I saw the numbers. And I believe the year, the first article I read about that when they very first started discussing it said there were something like 1,700 fan injuries by things that entered the stands. And I was like, despite how many baseball games there are, they're not all sold out. And that's a lot of people. Yeah, that's what the guy said. It took the ball off the face. And he's still like, he's in some federal appeals now, still trying to sue baseball. But I guess he like, has tried so hard to sue him and been on so many talk shows. He like been on like I guess Bryant Gumbel entered. He basically single handedly got the rest of the media involved in putting pressure on. Uh, and you know several players who've actually hit the balls that hit the kids were like you know what the fuck like uh I think his name's uh Freddie Galvis or something like that. You know Phillies players. Nobody knows their name, but some guy who plays <laughs> yeah. Phillies. Hit some kid with a foul ball, and that was the first thing he said after the game. He's like, you know, I, I just don't understand why they don't have net. So it just got to the point. Yeah, but well, yeah, I guess that I, ball comes in there super fast. I mean, the exit velocity on the way those guys swing, and then you imagine like a glancing blow that's like spinning like a you know a sphere of death into the stands. I mean, I think you could be paying attention pretty good and still actually catch one of those to the face. You might even watch it all the way in. One of the major like networks did a thing where they sat people behind a plexiglass thing and shot baseballs at them at that speed, and pretty much people who were looking right at it, anticipating it, were super slow to react. Yeah. You know, so they pretty much proved that, yeah, you'll get hit in the face even if you're looking at it, if you're close enough. I was sitting in the stands at Turner Field one time, and it made me think, because I'm definitely the guy that was like, shut up, you pussies, you know, I was yeah, definitely Yeah, of course, that. yeah, it's your first reaction. Hit, and I was sitting in the hot quarter on third, 
And I was watching the ball, and I mean, I totally saw it. But the thing is, is you know those rails that run down in between the stairs? Yeah. The fucking thing hit that thing and shot. Dude, it shot into the upper deck, and the and the rail was like, boom, like yeah. rang. Oh yeah. I was like, what if that would have just like shot off and hit me in the face? Like, you know, that's not filled in a ball off the grass. Yeah. How would you, you react know? to that? I played a little baseball. I'm not, I was not a very good baseball Here player, but I, like I couldn't get hit with a ball. If you hit it at me, you know, in the face. Right. But if it bounces off a metal rail. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah it's trajectory is totally unknown. It's, it's super unsafe. Yeah. But, but yeah, well, Some speaking of Philadelphia, speaking of Philadelphia sports and uh, their connection to horrible events, here comes the Super Bowl and uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I fans want to say one last Philadelphia- thing. I oh, saw God. a story. Just one thing. It's LeBron. Oh, LeBron God. said he would talk to the Golden State Warriors if they if they if they wanted to after the season. Yeah, I saw that. I also saw Stephen A. Smith on ESPN say that if LeBron James does that, then his legacy is tarnished. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That happened a long ass time ago. Well, in two or three days ago, I saw a post game interview with him where for kind of like un like unprovoked, just started talking about how fans think that someone who decides to leave a team is a snake. But if a guy gets traded, you know, it wasn't his fault. And he was like, I just don't see why people see it like that. You know, he looked like he was going to cry. Like he usually does. And, uh, I was like, well, yeah, yeah, you're the best. You, you've said it yourself. You're the best player in the world. And you left your hometown to go be on a super team and came back to your hometown to be on a super team. And now you're about to bail on that team. That's why you're having these thoughts. That reputation was tarnished long ago. Are they going to burn his jerseys again? I mean, I think I just, if I was a Cleveland sports fan, I just keep it, you know, because you know he's gonna like he's gonna go off, have like probably retire there, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like he'll come back and be, you know, a shell of his former self, probably, because that's the hacky, not Jordan thing to do. That's of course what that's what LeBron's gonna do. Like you know, Mike Pate played past his welcome, but he didn't like go back to play for the Bulls for one more season. Now, when he you came know. to the Wizards, it was more about like Mike Jordan not being able to let go of playing the game. Mm-hmm. That had nothing to do with like anything other than that. No, he yeah, just he, like, yeah, he didn't go there to like win a bunch of championships. He just yeah. wanted to keep. It was like basketball. I can't stand not doing this, and I can still do it. Let me do it just a little more. That was what that was. You ready? You ready to step in the Nick Foles world? Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's what I was segueing to earlier, uh, which we mentioned on the last power rankings. Why I don't have any use for transitions, but the uh, well, I tricked you into talking about LeBron. Yeah, well, that's good, and I ha- I did I had been thinking about that video that video I saw had been eating me alive inside, where he's like, <laughs> and people think you know you're like a snake, and I'm like, yeah. and you know LeBron. what? I'm not mad at LeBron. Like LeBron James is obviously phenomenal, and he was 18 years old and had like millions and millions of dollars, and he didn't do a bunch of insane stuff. I mean, I would have burnt half the world down, you know, if I'd have had that no. much money at that age. He seems what if- like a stand up guy. He seems like a good guy. Well, yeah, I mean, but he, I mean, obviously he has some, just like... a little delusional. He lives yeah. in, like, a world where 
you know, everything goes his way all the time. So, I mean, right. So why would he not have that disposition? But the people who upset me are the rabid LeBron fans that when I see something like that, I can already hear their excuses in my head. Like, well, yeah, he means, you know, you know, LeBron's better than Mike. Yeah. Or, or they'll be like (laughs) LeBron James getting that money. And I'm like, yeah, he's a professional athlete. What does that have to do with this conversation? Like, he's not Michael Jordan. Beat him in a one-on-one game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, of course not. This is an abstract conversation. I don't actually know that man. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, but so uh, segueing back into the Super Bowl. I'm excited. I am stoked. As you can tell, not that that killed the conversation or anything, because actually I was mulling over in my head, like, actually, I could probably talk about the NBA for a little bit, but it's so, uh, it's. Yeah, they said that if he got the trade, that it would be, uh, who's the sidekick? Thompson and Iguodala would go, and it would be Steph Curry, LeBron James, uh, who's the real good cat? Kevin Durant. Durant, yeah. And then Draymond Green and then whoever else. I mean, come on. You know, what at that point there'd be no point in, yeah. you could really just do a, they could do Realistically, like Realistically, if I was the Golden State Warriors, I would feel like that might hinder my ability to win because you've seen what LeBron you see what saw what LeBron did to two lesser stars. Not that like Dwayne Wade was a lesser star, but he was definitely like well into his career by the time he got linked up with LeBron. If you had these other two guys who were in their prime and him you might see some heat style losing when it doesn't make any sense, you know, because he's not going to be willing to not take the shots. Yeah, I could see that. I could see him like somehow like messing it up for him. He's, yeah. He he makes sure he makes sure he is on teams that make it to the finals, but he's not the guy that's going to take over and win it. Yeah, he's not only like, done that twice or like once me. really. <laughs> if I was him, I'd totally win everyone I was in. There's no doubt in my mind. It took the Super Bowl to get us to talk about the NBA. God damn, man. What does that say about the state (laughs) of the National Football League? I was actually just like, I wonder what the XFL championship will be like. What sort of spectacle that would be? Because it is. You get to a certain age and the Super Bowl comes up and you're like, yeah, I know. Like why it at eventually as a football fan, you kind of get to the point where the Super Bowl is like, yeah, it's one game. Like, it's an event. It's an excuse to party. I'll probably have some people over, make a bunch of delicious food. I'll probably do a terrible podcast that day. But, like, it's not a – it doesn't get my goat like it did when I was younger. And I have to imagine that people are experiencing that even who are, you know, huge NFL fans. At some point, you have to wake up and you're like, wow, this is a a long wait to watch one football game. You just have your fingers crossed that it's entertaining. Just the plethora of options, like all, there's too much available now. Used to on Sunday afternoon, there really wasn't anything else to do. Yeah, that's true. Other than watch football, and and you just got kind of involved in the whole story of the NFL and the teams and what they were doing. But now, man, there's a lot to look at, a lot to do. You can find out about so much stuff and get so much awesome entertainment that it kind of puts football in its. You know, I like football, but. I, it is. I think it's bringing it back down to reality, though. Right. Uh, I've know. seen a lot of football games. Yeah. No, I Some agree. Some of them are fun to watch. Dude, people can look at pornography in their hand. Like, they can hold their hand. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to me. Like, when we were kids, like, the best you could hope for when it came to pornography was, like, scrambled porn on the Double Zero channel or, like, you find, like, a piece of a nudie magazine or some kid has a sick dad and he just gives him a bunch of nudie mags. Like that was the yeah, only, 
That was the only way you'd ever see anything like that. But but now you just go like this. You just hold your hand. Like people can just hold their hand out in front of their face and they're watching pornography. I hadn't thought about it. Well, I mean, and I'm using that as like the APOC of things you can do, like as far as crazy shit that people can do. But like everything else too in the world, you just hold your hand out. You're like, oh, I'm doing this. Like I was, I, at, like I was at work today and I was like, oh, I'm watching a Star Trek rerun in my hand, like on a cell phone. And they're like using all this weird technology supposed to be the future. And I'm like holding the future in my hand. I'm like, we're not going to space. I can watch porn on this thing. <laughs> this future will never no, become a reality. Like, yeah, we're not putting any money in the yeah. NASA. We've got these guys settled. Yeah, people that- are just sticking with porn until the sex robots get awesome, and that's it. That's <laughs> it for space exploration. What do you? When do you think? What's your prediction on the first sex robot? When do you think we'll see the first sex robot? Well, they like, have them now, but I don't know if they have them. No, like, like, I'm fully talking about like what they have in the movies. Yeah, twenty uh, twenty. Damn. Yeah. That's, I, I didn't. I wouldn't think that early. I think they'll have a pretty. I think they'll have a pretty solid prototype. It might move a bit like a robot, but it'll probably have all sorts of actuators, <laughs> and it'll definitely have like an AI interface to it. You know. And let's say that sex robots get to a point where they're they're badass or whatever. What price will they have to come down to before you buy a sex robot? It's the sex robot is a real slippery slope for me, you know, because I <laughs> realistic because I try not to watch much pornography, man, because like it really does eventually like I've noticed like social media and the things that are available on your phone, like it starts desensitizing to the point where it makes like my frontal lobe hurt. Like I feel like I'm losing parts of my frontal lobe like sometimes. And I just feel like if all of a sudden human interaction for me like was banging a sex robot i feel like i would have let it all go at that point i actually just had a pretty good thought though what if they used sex robots for like quadriplegics like they put like a little bonnet on their head that's attached to the sex robot and there's all these sensors inside the sex robot so someone could have sex oh, with a sex, robot. a sex robot like it's a like a virtual reality thing like you're not actually banging the sex no no robot. no it would be mechanical but probably you'd probably uh you know, you would you could put some sort of AI interface in it and like you could use the the robot to transmit these signals that feel like sex to the person who's having well, sex with your sex robot. It was Sandra Bullock and uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, Demolition Man. They wore those weird little hats, you know, there were little yes. rings around their heads. Yeah. She was like, you want to have sex? And he was like, hell yeah. Yeah, that's a grossly <laughs> underrated movie for the record. It was a what movie? That's a grossly underrated movie, just for the record. It really was a lot better than people gave it credit for. It was just because yeah. Stallone was in it. Yeah, and it was a great, like, weird vision into the future, and like, it was, it was, it was good. It was well written. It was, it was the action was good, but it was also super funny. And there you have it, folks. The Eagles are gonna upset the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, man, if you if you listen to the Sports with the Cavalier podcast, I would hope that what you could expect is a break from sports talk. Did, did anyone really click play on the audio to this right. and was like, I wonder what these guys, I wonder how these guys are breaking down this game. I can't find that. I can't find that information Nobody anywhere. Nobody what these guys say about anything realistically, but yeah. But when Garrett if- Blunt scored a bunch of touchdowns in the, either last year or this year, I'm not sure. Yeah, I wonder if he did score a lot of touchdowns this year because I know he had a lot last year. I don't know, but we're uh, we're just certainly running up on time for power rankings. Um, okay, well, let me 
just talk about Nick Foles for a second. All right, yeah, bring it. This is here's your Super Bowl section. Yeah, here we go. Here's Super Bowl. I didn't understand what happened to Nick Foles. Nick Foles had a really great year in Philadelphia, and then I didn't watch anything else about Philadelphia or the Eagles or Nick Foles ever again. So I didn't really understand what happened. I guess Chip Kelly destroyed the team. Yeah, I remember that happening. Right. So so he destroys the team in between the the year that he set records, basically, and everyone was Mm -hmm. like, wow, Nick Foles is going to be good. Chip Kelly all season partially destroyed the team. Nick Foles kind of sucked that year. They dealt him off to the Rams. Jeff Fisher was the coach of the of the Rams. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason we know who Jeff Fisher is is because of a guy named Steve McNair and a guy named Eddie George. We wouldn't even know who Jeff Fisher is. So yeah, because start, without those seasons, he's been perennial a perennial loser. So and he's like a run the ball kind of guy. So that so he, he pretty much was out of football at that point. I guess him and Andy Reid were boys because you know realistically Chip, Chip Kelly had that good season with Andy Reid's team. So long story short, now he's back with Philly, and you know they put him in and he has a big game. But I read a thing today that said that no matter what he does, Carson Wentz is the starter because I guess he had such a good season. Wow, what if he I, wins the Super Bowl? What if he throws seven touchdowns? That's right. my question. Yeah. What if he cuz they said even if he wins Why the Super Bowl Why would you tell him that uh, before the game too? Why would you I put that know. in the media? What is do people not like Nick Foles? Wait, weren't you telling me though that Nick Foles is like a have a blessed day kind of guy? I was trying to find that story and I, and I didn't uh have enough time I found that story and spent all my time up reading it and then we started the podcast, but I saw a thing yesterday that I didn't click on, and I just kind of read the headline, and it was like... Uh, oh, you should Reverend have said you read it. <laughs> I just saw the, the headline and like the just little blurb. Up, man. Yeah, well, you know, that's how you read these stories these days. Yeah. Yeah. You look at the headline, and you say, that's enough. Yeah, of that's course. Enough. That's enough. It said Reverend Foles, and, you, and everyone knew he was contemplating... And I think you told me that he went out and camped out in the desert or something and thought about whether he was going to play football yeah, I or hear, something. Yeah, I heard something like that. Yeah, he told me that. So I just kind of put it all together in my head. I was like, oh, he was just – and that's what it said. That It basically said he was considering becoming uh, a reverend, I guess. And uh, that was his thing. So, you know – I guess he was between. Well, let's 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 say though that maybe that makes someone sometimes that's a little abrasive to be around. Sometimes a little uncomfortable, maybe, and maybe. But I mean, he's so good though. Why wouldn't you just let him be? You know, why would you just let him be? Oh, as you're weird saying as like maybe it was be? like a locker room present that he went in there and he started like you know giving a fired brimstone after the game or something. Yeah, or like you know some player was like. <laughs> Two got two. You know why we lost this game? <laughs> two linemen were talking about banging strippers, and he walked by, and he was like, "Could you guys not talk about that while you're in the locker room? I'm the leader of this team, thanks." And they may have been like, oh, "Okay, you're getting sacked a bunch this year." Anyway, <laughs> you know, I it don't could know. have been, but but the whole thing makes sense on paper to me. Chip Kelly was a psycho. He inherited Andy Reid's team. It was really good. So in a way, Nick Foles might actually be the shit. And I guess my question is, they've already pretty much said if they even if they win, Carson Wentz did enough that he's the yeah, starter. He's the starter. I'm like, what if he throws seven touchdowns and wins the Super Bowl? That's my question. I what guess he, I guess as far as they're concerned, he's gonna go play for another team. 
which you is, wouldn't have at least a quarterback like of course uh, you would make them try out of course you yeah, would oh. or at least just, just put those two guys up against each other if he throws if, to me if i'm the coach and he throws seven touchdowns i'm going Belichick. i'm just saying that's the new quarterback whoa could be even if he throws five what if he throws five what if he throws for five what if yards he throws three touchdowns and throws for 300 yards you know like okay, let's say you're the coach of the eagles and he does what you just said what are you doing i don't know it's a tough choice i'm definitely not putting i'm definitely not putting out a statement i'm definitely not putting out a statement before the game as to how this is all going to shake out but what if he threw for seven touchdowns and 500 yards would you just name him the starter then well of course Okay. You don't have a At choice. Least. You're going to have to let Carson Wentz go somewhere else. Like this guy just won the Super Bowl, like and had a tremendous, like had a record-breaking performance in the Super Bowl. Of course, you have to start him. What about four and a half touchdowns? If he figures out how to throw half a touchdown, then you definitely have to start. Him. <laughs> yeah. How do you I'm know how that the, works? I'm taking the Eagles, uh, 30-24. That's my score. I like it. I like it. I'm taking New England at 30-27 because of some weird magical officiating nonsense. Definitely rooting for the birds, but I do think we're going to be forced to watch Tom Brady waltz his way to another ring. Smile. And- yeah. I hope I hope not, but I just think that's what's going to happen. It's a safe thing to predict. Well, the Eagles don't have like a real goofy-looking, bumbling quarterback, and that's the only guy that seems to be able to – if you have a sorry team that barely makes the playoffs as a wild card and just like a goober at your quarterback position, yeah, you got a shot. Yeah, you need the leftover genetic material from two other quarterbacks to make a quarterback <laughs> that can beat Tom Brady. Like the Danny DeVito is uh, Peyton Manning's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twins. All right, let's jump into these power rankings. And now, the Cap F Sports Power Rankings. All right. To power rankings for this episode of the Sports with a Capital F podcast. And let me remind everybody you can support this podcast directly by visiting capfsports.com and using our Amazon affiliate link. And you can also go to patreon.com slash capfsports. All right, time for the power rankings. This edition's power rankings are camera, latex, and quail. Camera, latex, quail. My first thoughts on those is that would make for an interesting weekend or a list of evidence in a trial. It was like, those are what if those were the first three things on a list of evidence in a trial? Like camera, latex, quail. You better read Matlock. Some sort of a murder in a gay duck blind, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, or or you know, for murder me, in a quail, swingers it, duck it, blind. It, when I was uh, growing up in the great state of Alabama, we hunted quail, and I've eaten many quail breasts wrapped with bacon off the grill. With They're delicious. So that's that was like that's easy. My number one because I just love eating them. No, they Chewing are delicious. Okay, they are delicious. But eating better. I would argue that a camera would be my number one because cameras have brought us so much important things and have captured the world around us. But also this podcast involves a camera so it's on a you know because it can also bring you know it can bring you images 
that, you know, invoke powerful feelings or it can bring you the sports with a capital F podcast. So depending on which side of the fence you're on there, camera, but it's between camera and quail for me at the top. And then latex is last because, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Put those gloves on. You just can't feel anything. You're like, you, you, you picking things up. And I'm like, like if I pick this cup up with a latex glove on. I know. It would be, I wouldn't feel. Well, it's like if you, I put a latex glove on my hand and like the reach, reach and in the somewhere. Yeah. If like I reach in somewhere to clean something, I can't quite tell if it's all the way clean when I'm wearing a latex glove because I just don't, there's no feedback. There's no tax time. But you do feel feedback. better later on because your hand's clean and you know it's clean. That's true. You made the, you, you know, well, that's the kind of the thing about wearing latex gloves is like you feel like you made the right decision afterwards because while you're wearing the glove you're like this would be so much easier and even maybe more enjoyable if i didn't have this glove on yeah but yeah later you definitely wake up the next day after you cleaned out a drain or whatever and you're like man i'm glad i wore that latex glove (laughs) i didn't have as much tactile response but was that was that really what i was going for or was i just trying to clean a drain i don't know right you don't wake up and see like a rash on your hand and be like Oh man, did I get that from sticking my hand down that toilet? No, we just don't know. We just don't know. And for a lot of my life, I spent a lot of time reaching in toilets. Oh, that's right. I wore latex gloves. It couldn't be from that. Exactly. Afterwards, yeah, you're definitely a lot happier after you clean out the old toilet if you wore a latex glove. Yeah. Yeah. All three of these are very important things, I'd say. Uh, yeah, they're all, you know. It's just the problem with latex gloves. You don't realize how important they are until you right. realize you didn't realize how important they were. Right. They just smell funny. Right. Yeah. You put them on that weird smell. But the, uh, yeah, I got to go quail camera latex. But yeah, in my yeah, mind. People won't, I- people won't suck your hand after you had a latex glove on. <laughs> Get that weird powder on it. They don't want to get that shit on their tongue. <laughs> I don't know why anybody. You know, some people like that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, some people suck your hand after you put it in the toilet. So, you know. <laughs> it's like, wouldn't you have rather me worn a leg test glove if you're going to do that? <laughs> All right. Well, I think we better end on a high note. Uh, thank you for listening to the Sports of the Cavalier podcast. Enjoy the big game. You got anything parting words for these folks, Griff? Yeah. If your brake lights come on before your blinker, you fucked up. This is Sports with a capital F. This is Sports. This is capital F. This is sports. This is sports.